Welcome to the 20th episode 20! of Probably Polly. That's big! That's huge! It is. It is exciting. The podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. I am your co-host, Sarah Lucas. And I am your co-host, Mandy Cohen. Announcements. Big announcement. Uh, Mandy is going to be at RelateCon in March sometime. Do you want to tell us a little more about that? I am going to be in RelateCon, which is going to be in Boise, Idaho, from March 29th to the 31st. So please come check me out there. The tickets are on sale now. They are $120, if I'm not mistaken. And that's for three days, right? Yes, it's for three days. And it will go up the closer to the conference. So they're still in early bird stage. So please go get your registrations and come see me. This week is Valentine's Day. Because all of the holidays are so close together. I feel like we just recorded the, the Christmas one. The yeah. holidays. Yeah. But I guess that was actually two months ago already. Goodness. Oh okay. my gosh. Obviously, I think it's a good idea to do a Valentine's Day episode regardless because we're polyamory, which is many love. Mm. Valentine's Day is celebrating mm. love, the saint of love, etc. Love, love. <laughs> but also, you see things like in one of the poly groups that I am a part of, one of the other members posted something to the effect that this was the most mononormative holiday. Eh, no, and I disagree <laughs> completely. I would say it's a super mononormative holiday because everything's super mononormative. Right. Because yeah. society. Yeah. Because, right, because society is yeah. mononormative. Right. So every example you will have seen will have been mononormative. Right, right. And of course, the holiday when someone thought of it was about giving a present to your monogamous partner because that person like us many years ago, had never even heard of other options. Right. By that note, you could also say it's like the most heteronormative holiday because when they were thinking of that holiday, they weren't thinking about people who are... Speaking of which, I just learned to think about context. This is a possible thing, apparently. My mom did not know what a gay person was until college. Really? Shut the front door. When she was in college. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. Mr. Language. She didn't know what a gay person was or that gay people existed. Both. (laughs) like like they were somewhere and they said this person's gay and my mom turned to my dad and said what does that mean what is gay oh my gosh she hadn't even heard the word michael's mom michael's mom that is so sad (laughs) what year is that though what year was that because i think that is important for context okay well she said in college so 70 so 1970 uh yeah she should know stuff by then that's interesting i'm trying to think yeah trying to think how young i was when it it dawned on me that people fall in love with someone of the same gender i mean i don't even remember not knowing yeah i don't remember not knowing it i was gonna say my mom had gay friends so, yeah. like, it was always just a thing. My counselor when I was a kid was gay. See, I and I didn't have experiences similar to that. I mean, I was raised in a more liberal place than I am now, but I was still raised by very conservative people and hung out with very conservative people. No, I definitely remember as a kid, my mom having gay friends and me thinking that is the coolest shit ever. The point was more that it's possible to be that sheltered even up until relatively modern times. That your cultural context can make it so that you're experiencing something entirely novel. I mean, you can no more call Valentine's Day heteronormative than you can call any other holiday heteronormative. I have the History Channel's short write-up of what the holiday's history is. Why don't you just go ahead and give it to us? Can you give us the synopsis? They say that it's a celebration of St. Valentine's death from... 
270 AD, but also there's some evidence that it was another one of those attempts to find a Christian holiday to place on a pagan holiday. Mm. So they had a pagan holiday at the same time called Lupercalia, which is a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture. (laughs) So it was still a fertility festival before, it was a fertility festival afterwards. It's been a fertility festival in my history as well, just so you know. My middle child was uh, definitely conceived on Valentine's Day. <laughs> it says the, the priests used to right. sacrifice a goat, so now I totally want to do like goat for dinner on my Valentine's oh my Day goodness, date. Or give goats. I think that should be the official food of Valentine's like Day. Goats. Or give oh. goats. Goats are creepy as fuck. Or by vegan, the way, give a goat. they creep the shit out of me. Goats oh are my God, amazing. So I love goats. Goats are like the they're cutest so animal creepy. ever. They're they're creepy as fuck, and they like they climb in trees. Like they hang out in trees. They, they climb just do on that. everything. They climb on everything, and they're just like they're big they eyes. And I the love the videos of an entire flock of them in a tree, like a bird. <laughs> like I love that. Like the whole bird, like the trees alone in the middle of a desert, and it's like I, waving, and it's full of like thirty goats. Like the ones that look Those like are the greatest on the side of the mountain. I love goats. <laughs> Love goats. And the baby ones. All right. So, so sorry. <laughs> Valentine's greetings were popular as far back as the Middle Ages. St. Valentine died in 240 AD, but that's not when the festival started. Okay. Written record of Valentine's Day doesn't begin until 1400s. So we just skipped right. a so, couple thousand years. Well, that's when most of the holidays went. Nobody thought, let's celebrate this guy until he was good and dead. <laughs> well, that's definitely the rule for saints, right. period. First, you have to be dead. And then after you're dead, you have to perform three verified miracles by the Catholic Church. To be given sainthood. Interesting. But you got to be good and solid dead to become a saint. <laughs> oh, very. Yeah. I think they actually sainted one of the popes that isn't dead yet the first time they've ever given sainthood to a living person. It was the first time in all of history that they gave sainthood to a living person. Because they actually have... So Catholicism, for all of the things that you know about Christianity, is fascinating to me because it is very much a living religion. They have a whole system for verifying magical occurrences and adding them to their canon. Interesting. I don't know how this works, but they have an entire committee of priests who go out into the world and check on instances of miracles and attempt to verify miracles. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have three verified miracles before you can be considered for sainthood, and then they still have to decide to give you sainthood. So it usually takes a few hundred years to get sainthood. (laughs) In addition to the United States, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada, Mexico, United Kingdom, France, and Australia. Interesting. An estimated one billion valentine's day cards are sent each year which makes it the second largest card sending holiday apparently 2.6 billion for christmas okay so that's a very steep curve it's number two at less than half Hmm. however not shockingly women identifying individuals purchase 85 percent of all valentine's day cards (laughs) interesting do they count valentine's day sales because that's when all the men buy them anyway That's the background oh for boy. the time. So it's far too far back for it to have been structured intentionally mononormatively. So it's not like Mother's Day or Father's Day that's recent enough that it actually could have been intentional where they thought, okay, well, this will help us shore up the heteronormativity. Right. Let's get rid of these other alternatives. This is back when there was only one thought that this came out. And so in a lot of ways, I think it's actually less mononormative. We just talked about last episode being for others. When mm-hmm. you go to a Christmas party, your entire family is your being for others and all of them are censoring you and editing you and trying to get you to conform to their needs. When you decide to set up your Valentine's Day, it's just you and the people you care about. Mm -hmm. So the way that you love is going to be respected because it's going to be only the people that you love. In my household and in my family, we don't just celebrate romantic love on Valentine's Day. Like, I'm sure that that's what it was originally aimed at. I'm sure I don't know its original Uh aims. (laughs) 
<laughs> normally that's what's celebrated is romantic love. But I definitely get my children sure. Valentine's gifts. I do for my son too. Right. Because it's to me, it's just a celebration of love, of all the different types of love, of people we love. To me, it's not like a romantic, just solely romantic holiday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think what this person was probably getting at is the problem that if you actually celebrate the holidays on only the day the holiday falls, it can be difficult, depending on your relationship arrangement, to actually or actively see all of your loves in one day. And what people in this day and time celebrate all the holidays on the actual holidays? Valentine's Day is interesting. Obviously, a a vast majority of Valentine's Day is celebrated on Valentine's Day, says trying to go to any restaurant on Valentine's (laughs) Day that you've ever seen. That's what I was going to say. If you're smart, you don't celebrate it on Valentine's Day. (laughs) So when I was monogamous for years, we went out of our way not to celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you have a bunch of partners, then suddenly everyone's going, well, who are you actually seeing on Valentine's Day. So and I think that can the become three the of problem. Us, the three of us share the opinion that like celebrating like going out to a restaurant on Valentine's Day isn't that awesome of an idea. So now I'm wondering who does? I want to meet the people who actually go on Valentine's Day and ask them who they are and just be like, oh, I know walk out the people. door, talk to literally any human yeah, being. I know really? a lot of people. I don't know one who does that. It's called a bell curve. Right? Yeah. We self-select into <laughs> groups of people on a similar part of the bell curve. Right. Yeah. So you won't know people that do that, yeah. but you're at one side or the other of this bell yeah, curve, and in the true. middle of this bell curve is everybody yeah. else. <laughs> Goodness. Ah. And so that's going to be something we should circle back to is how to navigate partners for whom that is important. Yes. Because we might not think it's important, but there are obviously people for whom the symbolism of the day itself is an important thing. And, you know, how can we have those sorts of conversations? We'll we'll come back to that in a second. Can we stop for a minute, though, Mm -hmm. and ask ourselves, is it the actual person that it's important to or is it their friends and the people that they associate with that it's important that they say they were with their partner on this day. Does that make sense? That's a good point. Again, being for others. So if this person thinks that their friends are always saying, you don't have a real relationship because you're dating someone who really has a real relationship Mm -hmm. and they saw you on random February the 17th, but they saw their real partner on February the 14th. So your relationship's invalid, and then that person feels like they're justifying their relationship to this other group of people. So these layers and layers and layers of being for others. So then they're pressuring their partner to see them on the 14th because their friends are pressuring them to see their partner on the 14th. Well, that's easy. You don't see anybody on the 14th. their friends feel pressured to have the right kind of relationship. You know, and that's the thing, right? Why do people care if non-monogamy or polyamory doesn't work if they're monogamous? And part of it is because they feel like... If you think that it's not an option, then you don't have to check in whether or not you would be interested. Right. And so it's important to them that it continues to look bad, mm-hmm. that it always looks bad. So they don't ever have to critically think, would it be good for me? Because yeah. that's a lot of emotional labor they don't want to do. So you actually have this like five part daisy chain of pressure <laughs> building up to try and force you to have relationship time on the actual day. So I can see how you get stuck there, depending mm-hmm. on what pressures you have. But I, like I said, the, the answer is you don't see anybody on the 14th. That is a legitimate answer for sure. If you have the problem that some of your partners truly feel like it matters to them what day it is Mm -hmm. then the answer is to give to nobody on the 14th right then see everybody in equivalently equal time frame what you just said michael made me realize that not all your partners are going to feel the same way about the day probably so if one partner feels it's very important to celebrate on valentine's day and the other is like i don't really care then that solves the problem pretty easily but yeah you might get lucky and have that but but i'm saying worst case scenario you have two partners that are both like if you don't see me on valentine's day then i feel like the other person matters more 
you go, all right, well, look, I'm not going to see anyone on the 14th. I'll see you the 13th. I'll see them the 15th. You're equidistant from the actual <laughs> holiday. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> and, and the same can be said like birthdays and stuff. True. Which part is more important that you spend your birthday with them? So don't spend it with anybody. And how about on that day, on Valentine's Day or your birthday, you date the partner that's most important to you, i.e. you. Aww. <laughs> you know, you take that day to date yourself because we don't take days to date ourselves a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are our most important partners. I think there's a lot of things you could do with that if you decide not to have like a specific date with one specific partner on the 14th. For example, if everybody you know is in a similar situation, you could be like, well, let's all just have a giant party. Like you said, celebrating all the different types of love. Like you're my partner, you're my metamor, you're my friend. I'm just having a big Valentine's love party. Everyone can come. Actual specific dates I'm doing on different days when we can all get together and share that. Because that's what I think about birthdays is that for my birthday proper, I spend that with as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. normally and then i have a specific evening set aside to meet with my friends so that i can do things that my friend like my friend group is focused on like certain specific hobbies video games role-playing games whatever it is and then i usually have then also one date day for each partner that i'm currently with in the same sort of week space so i spend like a week or two weeks sort of getting all four or five of those specific celebrations worked out but yeah i normally do the family dinner as many people who want to be around me for my birthday as possible on the day mm-hmm. If I can do anything on the day, period. Mm-hmm. If I have the time to use I'm that I'm with day. you. Mm-hmm. We should have a Valen Friends Day. I love it. <laughs> and like you said, people who are in the sim- in similar situations, just take that day and give it to your friends. To give it to a different type of love. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's a great idea, Michael. We're going to give you that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So we just solved Valentine's Day. So that was a quick show. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) That was a quick show we solved Valentine's Day. Okay, well, so we have the right answer, but how do you convince your partners? Ah, That's That's not the same deal. No. When you could end up in a situation where, let's say you have two partners, and for one of them, it's very important to have Valentine's on the day. One of them does not care, and you don't have a strong, strong sense of caring like I think a lot of times part of what makes me me is that I just care about everything all the time the most <laughs> so I would be the kind of person who would go like on principle even though there's no conflict we're not doing a date on Valentine's right. Day we're doing the Valentine's Friends Day yeah I'd probably end up doing the same thing if I were dating people right now yeah <laughs> and partly you would do that and I suggest you do that by the way if you can if you can stomach it <laughs> you can either have Valentine's Friends Day or Valentine's Day Valentine's Day yes. I like <laughs> Mandy is our official play on words. Yeah, yeah. Our official namer. She's our official namer. <laughs> I like the Valentine's Day. I think that if I were dating people right now, what I would end up doing is inviting, because I'd have my two partners like come with me both on Valentine's Day, unless they had problems with meeting each other, which I don't think that would like, I don't know. Anyway, that would be the option that I would shoot for is to have a, like a, a three-way, not a three-way date, but like a date with like both of them in which we all get to be together and spending time together on Valentine's Day. That's what would be my ideal. But The one thing I was going to say is the reason that I would suggest, I do suggest doing that, the reason why I try and live the same way regardless of the outside pressure mm-hmm. is because if 
you always have that rule. Mm-hmm. Then, if at any future point you pick up a partner Amen. that wants to do the Valentine's Day with you, and say for the last three years, you have a partner you've had for 10 years who doesn't care, you have a partner that you've been doing Valentine's Day with for three years, and then a new partner that only like, thinks Valentine's Day is super important. Only on the 14th. Mm-hmm. Right, you're going to have to bump the person you've been seeing every 14th for three years to a different day, and they're going to have thought of that as their day. Yeah. And they're going to resist mm-hmm. that change, they're going to feel put out. All the things you think about jealousy is based on the feeling of, a uh, fear of loss that will be a legitimate loss, loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it will lose right. a thing that they care about so it's better to just not have that at yep. all if you can get away with not having it as so well just, yeah you just cancel the 14th you just don't do it on the 14th that is a great idea because then yeah, nobody gets that right. day yeah. has anybody seen the show she's gotta have it on netflix is that, that different than the movie it is yeah so Spike Lee did the movie She's Gotta Have It, uh, oh my god, like 20 years ago. And then this is still a Spike Lee joint, reimagined it as a television series for Netflix. Oh, I'm gonna have to check it out. So it's a 10 episode series and it's got updated, like it updated the language a lot. So she now identifies as being anarchist polyamorous, like polyamory and relationship anarchy. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I've got to look at it. As her orientation. But at the last episode of the first season, oh, this is spoilers. If you don't want spoilers, like just skip ahead 10 seconds. I don't seconds. want spoilers. 20 seconds. <laughs> Well, then, our... <laughs> just, just take off your headset for a minute, Mandy. I'm cool with this. All right, give me like the sign. In the final episode of the season, the main character has a Thanksgiving meal and they invite all of their partners to it who've never met without telling them that the other partners are there. Uh, Don't that's do that. No. Don't do that. That is no. Oh my no, god. No, 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 no. For shame. So, so. Because well, you said invite all your partners and you didn't think they'd have a problem and that made me think of no, that no, for no, some no. reason. No. So I was like, don't ever. Yeah. By the way, it's, by the way it's, a, it's a good show, but the, the main character is intentionally quite young. I think they're still in art school or just graduated uh. art school and there's a lot of problems in the way that they handle their relationships. It is not a good show to learn healthy habits from. Yes. If that's, yes. Having not watched it, like just, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our next podcast should be don't do that and we just like we should do an episode like that don't do that i love it <laughs> and we can just oh i love it we should do that maybe not the next episode but we need to have an episode right. like that I'll, I'll put that on my topics list so yes. a former partner and one of my current partners years ago it was the first few years after my dad passed they would celebrate my double d day which was the day my dad died and they mm-hmm. went together, they would take me out to dinner, to a nice dinner and kind of distract me because mm-hmm. I usually had mm-hmm. to work the days that it fall on. I had to work during the day. And then in the evening, they would come together and take me to dinner together and distract me together. And it was awesome because we didn't do a lot of stuff together like that. But the two of them definitely came together without my help and planned it for me multiple times, multiple years. Mm-hmm. So that was that was awesome. And Sarah, your idea of having your partners together with you on that day kind of reminded me of that. But mm-hmm. at the time, the two partners that I had didn't have other partners. Mm. So it was... It worked. And also that was a specific holiday right, to you. So, it wasn't like another partner be like, but that was the day right. all our dads died. <laughs> so, but that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> is like for, for Valentine's, 
it wouldn't work in my current situation because my partners have other partners. In an endless cascade. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not really fair to, you know. I guess the experiences that I've had, like I've been in relationships with people who haven't had relationships with others. And sure. I, I just it just dawned on me, given my past experience, that really wouldn't work with my example in my mind of the one situation where I had two partners at the same time because they were such polar opposites. Like if, if they were ever in the room together, they would piss the shit out of each other. My God, they would both hate each other. It'd be interesting for me to just kind of be around them but yeah it sounds like a nightmare <laughs> and of course the point is that there's a lot of different ways to engage the holiday based on your relationship oh, dynamic yeah. i don't think i've ever been in a polycule where there were more than five sort of regular relationships and people were you know having relationships with shorter like one night stands or going out or partying or whatever but not the kind of relationships you'd invite mm-hmm. people to things mm-hmm. and at least in some of them I actually got along with all five people mm-hmm. so I could totally have a suggested day where all five of us get together and like you know one of us cooks and one of us sets up the playable and we have a fire you know like totally doable and then I know people whose polycule is in like the 60s and so they would have to have something more like well, we'll have an open invite whoever wants to come that's related right. can come you know or something like and would not be able to in all probability get whatever the core element of people they wanted to come but the more you have the more that becomes difficult to manage because that is the thing is you have to manage the perception of what your invite says so if you've got what you think of as being three relationships that are really big and then a couple of like flirtationships or new relationships or you think you're just still dating but you haven't really explicitly said are we dating are we boyfriend and girlfriend then you invite like three people but not the other person it can get really explosive really quick Mm -hmm. so I definitely think the buzzword for or any kind of Valentine's Day party is uh, equality and <laughs> sort of equal treatment yes. in the in the way that you set well, that, that up. And that's yeah. a perfect world too, where uh, you get along with all your metas, you know, yeah. sure. their metas and yeah. their metas. Sure. And so I don't even know that I would say that is the general case. Well, no, no, I didn't say that case was the general case. I said you always want to look at it, letting each person decide their own level of involvement. Oh, okay. In that mm-hmm. sense of equality. If you're not in that case, then you go to the self balance self Valentine's Day. Then you go to Valentine's Day operation ah. and set up specific meetings. Um, my, my point is that whatever you do, you just don't want to set it up so you exclude certain people who might want to be included. Right. Or try and control other people's metamors or other people's relationship dynamics to disrupt other people's holidays. But I think it's always doable is more or less my upshot. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Like I said, I personally think we've solved Valentine's Day. <laughs> Unless you have a partner that it's really, like, it really, really matters that 214 is the day that they are with you to celebrate Valentine's Day, <laughs> then you don't do any of your partners on that day. <laughs> you, you know, uh. you have a Valentine's, Valentine's. Day. And... You schedule them for the day before, the day after. And if they're super freaking picky, like you said, make sure you're two days out this way and two days out that yeah. way. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's let's have a little bit of charity and at least investigate why yes, it might be important that, to people. Yeah. I used to be huge on holidays are on the day or don't bother. Oh wow! You know, my birthday's on the fourteenth or go home. Huh. You can't move Christmas. <laughs> yeah, 
You don't move Christmas. Christmas is on Christmas. I gotta say, I actually, I have never had Christmas on a day that wasn't Christmas. Mm. Not for like strong intention. That one's just because of cultural pressures. We just have a day off that there's nothing Mm -hmm. else to do. That and your parents are still married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because most of the country definitely has two different Christmas days. Yeah. You know, because we have divorced parents. That's a deceptive statistic. They say something like, what is it, like 53% of marriages end in divorce, but that includes second and third marriages. Yeah, I think it's Uh interesting. So actually 60 something percent of marriages marriages, first-time marriages, survive. So the majority of the question, the country doesn't have two sets of parents, but a lot. But those second and third marriages could have children, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't mind yeah, But a lot, a lot, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what I was saying is there's definitely a lot of people who have multiple Christmases. Mm-hmm. Sure. For you to be able to have Christmas on Christmas Day every year is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, of course, hopefully, going forward, you'll have poly households where maybe two of the partners don't even like each other. So if you want to get together for Christmas, you're going to have to make some choices about how that's going to work. But I don't, and so like, so why, right? Why did I care so much about that? And I, I, I could not even tell you. Interesting. <laughs> I think it's one of those things, you talk about cultural scripts where it's sort of in the ether, mm-hmm. that it's better if it's on the day. Mm-hmm. Like it's less valid if it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. And I've always been a lot of a perfectionist. So my plan was always to have the perfect whatever. Yeah. And if it wasn't perfect, then why bother? Huh. So it wasn't so much that you couldn't have had Valentine's on a different day. It just would have been less than, not as good, and therefore not me. Mm-hmm. Christmas on Christmas Day was your real. Christmas. Right. And that's exactly the problem, yeah. right? How Valentine's legitimizes and delegitimizes right. potentially relationships, where the, the Valentine's date is the real date. Mm. And people will say things like, well, he said he made me his girlfriend, but he already has a girlfriend, so I know I'm not a real girlfriend. Mm. And yeah. you're like, what? I don't what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's obviously the concern there. To circle a little bit back to the, if you have one partner that cares and one that doesn't, why you might still want to not let either of them date you on Valentine's, is the person that cares probably cares because they see it as legitimizing. Oh, yeah. Having them yeah. on a date on Valentine's could make them think in their head, so even if they're not telling that. you, we're the yeah. more legitimate mm-hmm. relationship, we're the more core relationship, yeah. sort of building their own imaginary hierarchy that you're going to have to deal with on the back end. That's a good thought. Yeah, you're feeding that fantasy for sure. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So, and, and as always, we suggest you ask them, right? So why is it important? Because if they can't answer, it'll help you break down those walls too. Why is it so important to you yeah. that we do Valentine's Day together? So if they have agreed to be non-monogamous and polyamorous with you, it'll be hard for them to say, well, I want to be the real relationship you know, <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that. And as we know, even if it wasn't their original intent, once they describe their reasoning, that becomes their real reasoning. So if they eventually go, you know, I don't know. I guess it isn't important. It actually becomes less important by having that conversation. Yeah, well, you talk it out. I mean, a lot of times you've got to say something out loud to realize what it is. Yeah. Didn't we have a discussion once, Michael, about you and I, about how if we say it out loud, we understand it a lot better? I certainly, when I say it out loud, I understand it better. I think we had the discussion about how, and at least for me as an extrovert, I think also you, I have to say things out loud to process my thoughts right talking through my thoughts with a person is like is like mental lubrication for me yeah it definitely makes stuff click and faster and more pleasant Uh, and it also makes it more sure you know because when i'm sitting alone i think i think it's perfectly valid not to care what day that is (laughs) and again this is your being for self being for others right yeah and there's no one to check that on and i go i think that's right is that right? Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone that knows me knows that anytime I think of something, the first thing I do is I write five people that I know and yes, go, you this do. isn't problematic, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I write everyone whose opinion I respect. I need to run something by you. <laughs> is this a problem? Am I being bad? And so I think that's very important because I think that's what ethics is. It's how you interact with and help and hurt people around you. 
you are not going to know how you're going to help or hurt people around you if you're just thinking about your own thought on something. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't hurt me. It's good. <laughs> you have to yeah. diversify your portfolio. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so that was important to me for a long time. And this part of this goes back to a lot of the things that I've learned to accept. Like we talked about, if your partner can't give gifts, does that mean they don't care about you? If your partner doesn't know what you like, does that mean they don't care about you? There's just different things that people can and cannot do. And one of the things that a lot of people can't do is routinely make specific arbitrarily assigned days. Mm -hmm. If you think your partner doesn't care about you because they don't prioritize having Valentine's Day with you, they don't prioritize having your birthday with you over significant legitimate concerns. Mm -hmm. That may not be an accurate way to view that. You might need to rethink why they're doing that. And of course, you know, they should be open to having that conversation with you. So if you say this is really important to me, they should want to talk to you about why it's important to you. Why does it matter to you? Why does your birthday have to fall on your birthday? That sort of thing. I think there's a lot of cultural scripting that makes that emotion very valid. And I think that's helpful to say too. You can use the language. I understand why you think it's really important or I understand why you feel that it's very important or why it is very important to have a date on Valentine's Day itself. Because of cultural or whatever. Especially if this person, for example, has never not had a date on Valentine's. Uh. Now, a lot of my friends are sort of social introverts. So none of my friends have that experience. Most of them have been alone for most of their Valentine's Uh. Day. That's a little bit foreign for a lot of my experience. But I know people who've always, you know, since they were of dateable age, so to speak. Once they got past the part where you got candies in your stocking at school for Valentine's <laughs> Day, they have always had a date for Valentine's Day. And to tell them, well, this year you're not getting one, you know, even yeah. though you're dating me. I think that's a legitimate conversation. But it is, I mean, that's part of this, you know, societal expectation they've put on themselves, I think, that I've got to have a date on Valentine's Day. Well, that is true. That doesn't make it a less legitimate need of a thing for them to talk through. But secondly, rituals have been shown to make humans happier. Interesting. Life without ritual is a much less rich existence. It's the reason we have holidays to begin with. Somehow it turns out giving all your gifts in one hilarious, big, crazy, all-day event that you build up to for a month actually is more emotionally rewarding than giving the same amount of money randomly throughout the year. Hmm. Right. That ritual somehow improves it. Or the Thanksgiving ritual or the Valentine's Day ritual. So we talk about jealousy as being fear of loss, and then we talk about sort of more legitimate issues as being real loss. But that's a situation where there could be some real loss if Valentine's Day was one of the rituals that this person has made particularly important to them. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that the rituals that you've mentioned are with the same people. Whereas if this is a new partner and they've always had a date on Valentine's Day, that's not... <sighs> Like, I almost want to say that's that's a less valid ritual. Well, but that's, that's the ritual that came to mind. I mean, there's same evidence around going to church service every week, which is a different changing group. Or you could even make up your own ritual, like every Thursday night's taco night. You would get more out of it emotionally than if it's not a ritual. It's maybe a less significant ritual, because the more emotional content that's been imprinted on a ritual, the more valuable reenacting the ritual becomes. Right. And I think if it's a new partner, the... That that doesn't make it, you know, special to you doesn't necessarily mean that it's not special to somebody. True. Mm-hmm. There are certain things like, well, I didn't have Valentine's Day for a long time. So when I first got Valentine's Day, it was super important to me because I never had a Valentine's uh-huh. Day and I was like 20. Right. So I was really excited about it. And so even though, you know, I never had Valentine's Day with the same person twice until, yeah, until, until Melissa, you know, I love 
planning. I love cooking. So I got really into Valentine's Day. I'd start, you know, months in advance figuring out what I was going to cook, what I was going to do, where it was going to. And so that was a big deal for me. And I think being told, like, you're not allowed to have a Valentine's Day. Would be hard. Could have been something that I would have would have been hard for me that I looked forward to. That was one of the things about having a date that was exciting. Mm -hmm. Having a partner that was exciting was that it was a holiday that I got. It was an extra holiday I got access to. I love holidays. I love rituals. Mm -hmm. I'm huge into them. And so one of the things that dating got gave me that was exciting was one whole extra bonus holiday. Now, obviously, in the case of non-monogamy, I think I would have been very understanding of the need to do it on different days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about people at every different level of this, you know, or even very common, a monogamous person dating a polyamorous person. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a monogamous person, I think part of what you get by identifying as monogamous while you're dating a polyamorous person is that you get to say things about yourself like, I don't have to change any of the ways that I date, mm -hmm. but I just let them date the way they want to date. But then suddenly that thought becomes questioned because the way that you date included Valentine's Day on Valentine's right. Day and it doesn't, right? So it's a place where you're directly confronted with that. And so I think there is a space there where that's a legitimate cause of contention, even if I'm still going to end up with all the same advice and say this is still the way to, to navigate it, I understand how and why you got there. And I think that understanding is very helpful for, for the people who have to, who we're going to advise to take the time to spend two, three, whatever hours negotiating and talking through the needs of their partner, which to them may seem sort of illegitimate. So that was sort of my concern when we got 30 minutes in and we're like, we solved it. And I'm like, I feel like it's more <laughs> like that's, that's flippant in response to the people for whom it's a big deal. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want, you know, the partner to say, oh, this is important to me. And they go, well, that's silly. It shouldn't be important to you. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I've been poly for a long time. Sure. I was only like dating and monogamous for a handful of years. Did you always celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day when you were monogamous? I did, yeah. I was pretty... Even if it was like Thursday and you both had to work? Okay, so I'm kind of a planner. <laughs> no. <laughs> I totally take you as a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. So, <laughs> like, I, I'm the kind of person that until more recently... I always made sure to request my birthday off when I started working at some place. Mm -hmm. So they'd be yeah. like, well, we're hiring you and it's December. And I'd be like, cool, by the way, I need next uh, September 14th off, just so you know. <laughs> so, so no, I would always have the day off somehow or another. But And your partner would as well? Well, the part nobody works all day. So even if your partner doesn't work all day, what I would do is I would spend all day making an incredibly immaculate meal at their house or something. So they would come home to, you know, a bubble bath and a meal and romantic music. Amazing. And I candle lit bedroom that. and you know so it didn't <laughs> so i've been dating for or i've been working for longer than i've been dating so <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> i just i don't know it's yeah. always been like okay well i've got to work rando valentine's thursday evening or whatever but f i'm off on saturday you know so let's celebrate on saturday so even even the few years i i was monogamous it was more like when we could find the time to be together and really sure. celebrate as opposed to like, like you said, spending all day long on this like immaculate meal and the bubble bath. And what happens when she comes home and she's just fucking exhausted and like. <laughs> the bubble bath, I say bath, bubble Mary. bath, 
back massage <laughs> meal. That's what happens when she comes or home. Or she has a shit day, and she doesn't even want to deal with you. You know, <laughs> like okay, I have I have one hundred percent never had anyone want to not deal with me non verbally for a free hot oil massage after a hard <laughs> all right, day. All right. So maybe you know different people than me. But I've just that never was had about one of your hot oil massages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Michael's saying, is you know, like there's <laughs> like even in monogamy, there's circumstances where you can't, you have to move Valentine's Day. That's true. I don't remember the entire time I was married if I had Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. I mean, maybe we had some sort of dinner, but we always had the celebration on a day other than Valentine's Day. And I was married for eight years. Right. Sure. The other thing is, I wasn't you know I've been in college forever, so I actually <laughs> am not in college now. Now I do this, and I work, and I have a life. But I have three, four degrees, four degrees. So I, I was in college <laughs> I mean, for a very <laughs> for a very long time, and so it's really easy to get enough time off on valentine's day or really any day when you're in college you just don't go to class that day you know (laughs) and nothing happens to you because you can miss a certain number of classes because you're more the client than the yeah. <laughs> the first yep. one, and if so. you're Michael, you've planned to miss Valentine's Day, so you haven't missed any other days. <laughs> That's right. And I, I and I would write it out. The syllabus says you get to miss two days, and so right. I just pencil in Valentine's Day and then figure out the other day. Right. That was doable. But yeah, I mean, it could have happened. It didn't happen, but it could have happened that my partner just absolutely, like, they worked a double that day, morning to night. Right. Lissa works doubles fairly routinely now. Actually, Lissa and I very rarely celebrate any holiday on anything because what I did once I first left college was I went directly into being a restaurant manager and Lissa works in service since both of us worked in the service industry. And that's all holidays, yep. <laughs> and so we have service holidays, which are, by the way, so much better because there's no one there. Yeah. Instead of going to Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day, we go on the next Tuesday evening. Yep. Yeah. Nobody is out eating on Tuesday evening the week after Valentine's exactly. Day. They all just went yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to go out. Yeah. No one there. So you get the get restaurant to yourself, the movie theater yeah. by yourself. Mm-hmm. When we have all Tuesday offs, so we go to a movie at noon the week after Valentine's Day. No one. And cheaper. You're completely. You have your own theater. Because it's matinee. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I, I think it's better to do holidays, not on holidays. Actually, I'm a huge fan that the anthropological term for that is time shifting. Time shifting is a way to expand into extra space without needing extra space. You decide to go at off times to everything. It's like living in a town with much less population. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I love it. But living in the town that you're in. Yep. So you can get lunch for half as much as dinner. There's no Valentine's Day specials or high price hikes. The movie, like you said, is cheaper because it's a matinee. Yeah, I love <laughs> There's it. There's no one there. So I suggest that for everything. It's like grocery shopping at 1 a.m. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Mm. That's a, yeah, that's, it's, I love that way of thinking. Let's talk about gift giving because like we've talked about day mm. celebration, but because good point. Valentine's is kind of mononormative in our society sure. and very... It's a potentially break the bank. Yeah. Let's talk about gift giving. When you have multiple partners to get gifts. <laughs> it changes for, the rules a lot. It does. It does. <laughs> sure. That, and I find that because poly people have multiple partners, when you put like homemade gifts and gifts with more thought and less buying power are more mm-hmm. popular amongst the poly community because there that thought is there and that I don't want to say craftsmanship because we are not all as crafty as you, Michael. What? No. Every if you become uh, it's a superpower. If you become non-monogamous, you get crafts. No. It's fair. It's just free. I mean, like, part of the deal. Did you did you not get your package for crafts? I didn't. I, I, 
Oh, you know what? I missed that line. Supposed to come in the mail. I totally skipped that line. There was way too many people in it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. The day you were signing up. That was. It was the the day I was signing up. Um, (laughs) My poly day. But, But I find that people in the poly community are definitely more appreciative of handmade, heart thought gifts. So... It's kind of great because there are times a lot less expensive than, say, gold and diamonds and the the typical mm, sure. jewelry purchase for Valentine's Day. And if you think about it, it even makes sense because in a, the cultural explanation for why you're supposed to go bankrupt giving things to one specific person is because it's part of the structural guarantee that you're only with them. Right. Mm. You know, if you give me X amount of things, you could not be with somebody else. Because you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is part of the whole, you know, monogamy being about not letting you be with other people because you don't have time, you don't have money, you don't have resources, right. you're going to lose something. If I start dating someone and I split my resources, you won't get as good of a holiday. I, you know, I think the people that have the best monogamous relationships I know would also say that they value handmade, thoughtful gifts much more than they value large, expensive gifts, right. especially as we move more and more into financial partnerships. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about in the 50s where the man made and managed all the money in most families because women weren't allowed to work. If they gave you a large chunk of that resource as a gift, that was awesome because you didn't necessarily have access to those finances as the you know woman in America. But now where Lissa makes most of the money, if I go out and buy her a $1,000 piece of jewelry, she's going to cry. She's, she's, <laughs> like, she's going to look at that and just think, man, that's, that's like... <laughs> yeah like that's rent that's that's right. a week of my she life be i could so have because that's the other thing is you could take a week of vacation for that random rock on your finger you know my father-in-law so. used to describe money that way he valued it in vacation he's like that's three days in Ireland. Yep, that's what i do i always talk about money in terms of hours whenever i it's so much easier not to spend money like, oh i want this expensive cheese do you want it an hour of your life <laughs> is it worth an entire hour of your life no All right, then you don't need that $35 cheese. Uh, You'll be fine. Well, this is (laughs) another one of those relationship contracts and conversations in advance. Yeah. Talk to your partners in advance. What do we think looks like a good Valentine's Day? I don't want you damaging yourself financially for me. I don't want to damage myself financially for you. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you feel valued, that you feel loved, that you get your needs met. What does that look like to you? Give me some examples. We'll set Mm -hmm. monetary limits. Mm -hmm. Nothing over 50 bucks this year. Here's a gift thing that I've always wondered. When you say something like a $50 limit, you can take $50 in materials and make something... Mm-hmm. crazy nice but if you think about the hours it took me to do that and how i could have literally used those hours to do work that i have in my backload it ends up being way more than a 50 dollars limit none of my partners are crafty like you are michael <laughs> <laughs> right this yes. is a, this is a for me and craftsman question my question is if you're with somebody and you set say a 50 dollars limit and they come back with like a handmade walnut bowl for you under that, that circumstance would be like, would you sell this something for $50 maybe? Right. Interesting. I've never been with anyone where we set financial limits, but I've always wondered if getting gifts from me makes people sad because they feel like they didn't meet some sort of expectation and I'm sort of investigating that. I don't really have a very strong sense of that yet, but... Of the same thing because I've, I've given some crafty things and I've wondered what they actually thought about it because I haven't received... Now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever received any crafty anything. Um, and I've known some crafty people, so 
apparently I don't. Anyway, um, so I've wondered the same thing, and that I don't know the answer to. When I give something crafty, I'm just like, eh, I made this for you, and I I don't intend any sort of, like, I don't intend ill feelings. I just want you to be happy with it. Even, like, with the dollar amount thing, sometimes I will spend a dollar amount on the limit on whatever it is, which I've done this before, and then make something that would be sold for more than that, but I don't care because it doesn't necessarily matter to me. I don't, I don't know. So I paint. I do paint. So I am a little, a little craft. Liar. <laughs> I, you said no craft, you painter. So, I, but I only give my paintings as gifts to people who I know appreciate the time that I put into them. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. then I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting your gift because sure. you don't want it. I, I only give my paintings as gifts to people that I know are going to appreciate the time and effort and material that I put into it. So maybe your crafty partners didn't think you appreciated them, Sarah. <laughs> you know... I want to push back on gifts as valuations because the uh, from seeking from the kind of person who just loves yeah. to give gifts. For me, what was important was to deconstruct what I get from someone else as a judgment on myself. Okay, you gotta you, no. Okay, well, for years I would make objects for well, I guess specifically my brother. I would go all out for Christmas for my brother, and then he would get me like a mm-hmm. Matrix DVD. But do you love the Matrix? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like. I do. I do love The Matrix, but I mean, that's like a three minute, no thought, everyone knows I love The Matrix, you just went to Walmart and paid 20 bucks kind of gift. And then like what I would have given him that year, I would be like, all right, well, it cost me $60 materials and 12 hours to make this. this." Now, is this similar to the issue you have with Lissa's gift giving? What issue that I have with Lissa's gift giving? Uh, Where you didn't feel like she put thought into the gifts that she gave you. This is different because they th- in this case he was getting me something okay. that I actually wanted. So you wanted the ma- the you wanted the Matrix DVD. You just didn't felt like the worth was the same as what you put in. Right. Yeah. I felt like I felt like it was unfair. The way that I've gift that I've given gifts, um, I've changed it over the years. And honestly, this is random. The reason why I changed it is from the Dave Ramsey book, uh, Total Money Makeover. Random spot to learn this, but in any case. <laughs> No, I remember now why I learned it from this way because and he talks very strongly about the idea that don't lend money to people. Don't lend money to people that you are not clo- that you are close to. Only lend them to people that you have a some sort of a right. business relationship with. Like just don't do it. Don't lend it to friends. Give Instead, it to them. Yeah. Gift the money to friends. Give it to them. Like give it to them, no strings attached. And so, um, Michael, from what you're you're describing, it sounds more like a quid pro quo kind of thing, um, which I found that in order to alleviate that, because. I mean, it's like you like crafting things and you like getting the materials and spending it time and energy on making something really wonderful for someone that you care about. And so the way I view that to kind of reconcile the idea of someone not giving me something as awesome as whatever it is I made and gave to them is to set in my mind before I even give it to them, before I even think about making it, that they may not give me something as awesome. And that that's okay. Or anything. Or anything. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so if I'm giving this to someone... I'm giving it to them. That's my thing, regardless of what they do. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, did I misunderstand it? <laughs> Remember I said a thing, and then you both said, what does that mean? And I started explaining it to you. I said uh, you have to okay. dis- disconnect <laughs> the value of the gift from a judgment <laughs> on how they care about you. My bad. We understood it in our own way. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a long story about it instead of, you know, eight words. 
Well, that was what we were doing. We were expanding that eight words into the story. So you did the other half of the work for me. So I'm appreciative. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just, I'm agreeing that that was the same conclusion that I came to is that I realized that gift giving wasn't reciprocity, that all gift giving was giving a gift with the intent or assumption that I'm getting nothing and then receiving gifts with the mindset of expecting to get nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You should only give a gift that you're happy to give even if you get nothing. Yeah. Is the kind of way that I approach gift giving now. Yeah, yeah. You you give it because you want to see that person happy with whatever it is. Or because you want them to have it for yourself. Self-satisfying in that way. Whatever. And in fact, that's how I eventually learned to decide to approach literally everything. Yes. Like I treat people the way that I would treat them if I was going to get nothing from them. I like that. I give gifts to people as if I was going to get nothing from them. I clean the house as if no one else will ever clean the house. I, you know, like, hmm. so is it, and that it alleviates so much frustration. Yes. So you For don't sure. come home and go, I spent all week cleaning and you couldn't even clean one thing. Ah, like. Well, it kills all know. those expectations. Yeah, it, because expectation right. is the root of disappointment. Just kill it all. Sure. Right. Yes. And so, resentment, mm-hmm. possibly. And then anything anyone yeah. does feels like a gift. Like you come home and something's clean and you're like, yeah, oh, I'm so right. happy. You I didn't expect like anything to be clean. Everybody loves you. <laughs> like all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're out of time now and I think we've covered the topic pretty well this time. So join us next week when we try and tackle the sort of obtuse question, what is knowledge? What does it mean to know something? How do you know that you know? What does it mean when you say that you know? That general area of mm-hmm. questions and how that relates to your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and tune in to... <laughs> To listen to Sarah and Mandy try and figure out what Michael's talking about. Mandy, I have every confidence in us. We can do this. All right. See you everyone next week. See ya. Bye. Next time.